here we go. Is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Previous administration negotiated an agreement with the Taliban. He should be less focused on trying to blame this on someone else than to solving the problem of making sure that we protect and defend American security. This did not happen on our watch. Uh, sorry. This is Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull. I'm Brett Winterbull. This is Devious Motives, Afghanistan, the collapse. Uh, like you, I'm sure you are as, uh, as shocked as everyone else is to see the kinetic failure of the government in Afghanistan and the full collapse of a 300,000-man military that had been built up over the last 20 years, institutions put in place, a trillion dollars in spending, uh, a $700 million American embassy now vacated, now evacuated, now sitting silent there in uh, in the city of Kabul. An American flag that flew atop that embassy uh, is is now en route back to the United States. We are in retreat. I remember being a young man, a very young man, a kid, really, uh, and watching the coverage of the uh, evacuation of Saigon back in April of 1975. And so many people uh, are likely feeling the exact same thing today that they felt back in April of 1975. The, the interesting sort of little side note is this. Uh, Joe Biden was in the Senate in 1975. Joe Biden was there in 1975 when we had our evacuation and was there uh, as the president of the United States for this evacuation. Chaos has come to Kabul. And it's, it's, it's not as a simple story to understand because... The American mission was sound. The American mission and the American intent was to deny Al-Qaeda an operating base, which is what they essentially had in the run-up to the attack on September the 11th. One of the other important points to note is that we are now in a place where this is happening in real time across social media platforms, uh, across uh, cable news channels. Um, it's, it's in your pocket. It's on your computer screen. It is omnipresent, and the world sees this. We just watched something incredible take place. A, a president of the United States, and I have this clip, and I want to play it. You, you, you hear it in the opening to the podcast. This is Joe Biden saying that there's no way the Taliban can can take can take the Afghan army that the uh, Taliban takeover is not inevitable this is 4 or 5 days ago at the white house this is last week at the white house is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable no it is not because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well equipped as well equipped as any army in the world and an Air Force against something like 75,000 Taliban. And here we are. Uh, the, the date that we're doing this program is, is August the 16th. And the Taliban have taken Afghanistan. I, I mean, I am a partisan person. I am not, I don't conceal that. I have partisan feelings. I have partisan opinions. I have all those things. 
but I'm dead serious when I say I don't like to see an American president humiliated ever. I don't like to see an American president humiliated on the world stage. And I don't like seeing uh, essentially a resistance movement that has been sustained by Pakistan and uh, Emirati nations and, and different things from the mid mid East take down an ally that we had worked with for 20 years in the Afghan army. I don't view this. And let me be clear about this. And I'm going to get into a lot of context. This is the first episode of, of devious motives, uh, the chaos of Afghanistan, the collapse of Afghanistan. Here's the thing. This does not reflect negatively upon the American or NATO allies who fought bravely day in and day out for 20 years in this hellscape. Okay, this is strictly a failing of the political class. This is a failing of the political class who is never held to account, who will tell you that there is so much that really matters when none of it matters. You have a generation of people in Afghanistan who don't have a, a recollection of what it's like to live under the Taliban. They don't, they don't have that as their reality. They're about to have that as their reality. The, the Gen Z kids in, in Afghanistan are about to find out what hell really is like. The mandatory uh, uh, uniform of the burqa and the abaya and all that sort of stuff. The inability for you to do anything you want to do in terms of having a direction for your future or getting married or not. These are, these are kids. Think about the kids you know, Gen Z. Seriously. These are your 17-year-olds, your 18-year-olds. These are your 19 and your 20-year-olds. These are people who do not, uh, sure, they know war strife and war-torn things in that country, but these are not people who, who have a memory of this. Now, here's where we are as, as it stands right now. We have a uh, situation where we were under the belief that the Taliban were going to continue to be an insurgency. Uh, they were going to be a problem. They were going to be dangerous. They were going to be terrorists. They were going to be all that sort of stuff. But this campaign has been going on since May. When the president announced that we would have our troops pulled out by September 11th, 2021, the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, and, and, and then the eventual invasion of Afghanistan that took place on October the 7th after that big speech by George W. Bush at the Capitol uh, on September 20th, 2001. The mission was clear. We were going in. We were going to eradicate Al-Qaeda. We were going to uh, defeat them, and we were going to prosecute a war on terror. And we did. We, we did. And um, among the very first acts that we did was uh, the Patriot Act because it was important to make sure we were surveilling everybody. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. So what are we doing? What is happening here? How is this happening? 
Well, when you made the announcement that there was a date certain, or when the president made that announcement about the date certain, one thing became readily apparent. The Taliban said, okay, well, that's when they're leaving. We believe the United States. They're, they're telling us when they're leaving. They're leaving at the end of the summer. That's what they're doing. We believe them. Uh, we're able to, to, to see the coverage in the American press. We're able to see uh, the stories that are out there. We're able to see uh, verifiably uh, CNN, NBC, ABC. Uh, you know, there are Taliban sympathizers in the United States. There are people who are Taliban that are in the United States. I mean, it's a fact. And so they know what's going on. We are a transparent government. We should be opaque. But we are transparent when it comes to pulling out. And, and I'm not going to go back and revisit and relitigate and, and all those sort of Washington, D.C. type terms uh, looking at the, the current situation, how we got here. We are here now. We are here now. But there was a time period. And if you go to my good friend, Bill Raggio's longwarjournal.org, long, L-O-N-G, war, W-A-R, journal, J-O-U-R-N-A-L, dot org. He's with the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. I have been friends with Bill for 20 years. Um, he does amazing analysis on the war on terror, does amazing analysis on what it is that's going on. And if you go to his website, he's got a real-time map, an interactive map that showed from essentially the spring to now, city and province and town and city and province and town that fell. Friday of last week, which would have been the, what, 13th, Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th, uh, Herat fell. Mazari Sharif fell. In fact, I had Bill Raggio on my radio program in Charlotte on WBT. In fact, I, I will probably rerun that here because it gives context for where we are now. We, we know what the Taliban is going to do because the Taliban tells you what they're going to do. They're not secret. They're not some shadowy force that you are left to divine what their intentions are. This is an organization that is a mean killing machine. That's what they want to do. And they're doing exactly what they did when they took over the country in the first go around that then uh, provided shelter via Mullah Omar, uh, who was then the head of that loony group, uh, you know, running, running the uh, running the Shura councils there. You, you had Mullah Omar, who was a a um, a, a co-conspirator with Osama bin Laden's Al Qaeda operation. All of this. We knew all of this was going to happen. They have an old saying in Afghanistan, right? That we own the clock, but they have the time. 20 years, 20 years of an insurgency. And in the coming weeks, we, we will, I will ascribe blame to the people that most need to be blamed for this. And it's not all Joe Biden. But Joe Biden apparently either got horrible intelligence or ignored the intelligence or our military is so caught up in CRT and wokeism that they're not doing the basic stuff that they need to do, which is to stop the bad guys. See, but the Taliban didn't take this country over secretly or in, in a in a Tet offensive like blitz. Most of the places they went, people just surrendered. They just surrendered. And, and that's incredible. If you really dive into that for a quick second, it's amazing that they just they, they, they saw them coming and they said, OK, I'm done here. Take my weapons. 
Here, take my vehicles. Hey, here, take my body armor. The, the, the Taliban are probably, I think, arguably now one of the best equipped military forces in the planet on the on Earth because they have all of our stuff. They have all of our stuff. And that 300,000 man army. Well, that's that wasn't really the answer, was it? A 300,000 man army was not the answer. We have an incredible ability to not be able to nation build. We, we just don't. We were able to do it back in the 1940s with the Marshall Plan and the rebuilding of Europe after World War II and the rebuilding of Japan after World War II. Um, we were able to do that. But we have not had a strong track record when it comes to rebuilding anybody. It just hasn't happened. And so... The important takeaway on, on this day, as people started waking up on a Monday in August, mid-August, uh, to see that the Taliban had taken Afghanistan for all intents and purposes, that the president of Afghanistan had fled, Ghani fled, nobody even knows where he is, and now you've got, uh, you've got air, air, uh, air power landing at uh, Kabul uh, International Airport, and what they're trying to do is uh, out-migrate Americans and NATO allies, and then whatever uh, Afghans they can get out of there, they're going to try to get out of there. But when they land on the tarmac and you see people rushing the plane, that tells you how frightened these men, and it's overwhelmingly men. I don't see any women at that airport trying to get on planes. So what this is telling me is these are men trying to get out. They're either Taliban operators that want to go somewhere else, or these are uh, former Afghan uh, soldiers who want to get the hell out because they know they're going to die. But when you are willing to grab the airframe of a jet and try to hold on to fly to God knows where, Cutter, where, where are you going? And you have seven people fall off the airplane because they're all holding on for dear life because they know they're going to die. That tells you something about this country. And really, they took it mostly without a shot being fired in Kabul. The, the, the gunfire at the airport is... The, the doings of the United States military trying to keep things under control. And, and so we are now in this place of, of, of great shame. And it's not just the United States. Where's the United Nations? Where, where are the, the voices of NATO? How come? I mean, we're not even hearing from Macron. We're not hearing from Merkel. We're not, we're not hearing from, from NATO headquarters. We're not hearing from anybody about this. Why is that? Does anybody know why that is? Because we've got the lead. We, we're the lead dog here. We are the lead dog in this, in this endeavor. And so to go back to my earlier comments here a, a few minutes ago, all right, it, it's, imp it's important to understand that this is a generational sellout. This is a generational sellout. I don't know what the answer is going to be in terms of um, advocating for women's rights, uh, speaking out for women, protecting women, doing any of that sort. Of, I don't know what that answer is. I don't know. I don't even know what that looks like. Because you are talking about a cultural normalization that is uh, that is that, that is just. It's just incredible. It's incredible and it's depressing and it's tragic in so many ways. 
because the only way you're going to break the bondage of radical Islamists or, or of this sixth century ideology that's being pushed by the Taliban, um, the only way you're going to break that is, is by improving the outlook for the people who are the stakeholders. And I don't see what the NGOs are doing, non-governmental organizations. I don't see what, what governments are doing, what leaders are doing. But I know this, if you are a woman in Afghanistan, you know what's coming. If you have a daughter, even an infant girl, you have got to be consumed with the fear that they are going to end up sex trafficked, sex slaved, killed, married off to some old pervert, whatever it is. And this is a problem for the world. For the world, this is a problem. And you're not going to see anybody but the United States step up and say anything about this. This is a, a real-time collapse. We have got these beautiful girls that are going to be targeted. We have got a very, very, very bad picture when it comes to our security concerns for our nation as we approach the 20th anniversary of September the 11th. DHS and all the uh, typical agencies are out putting their alerts. This is something that is more likely than not to cause a terrorist attack on September 11th or in that neighborhood because the jihadist movement on the around the world is now going to be in ascendancy. This is a big, huge, massive win from a propaganda standpoint, a shot not being fired. And, and, and so I'm going to get a break in here real quick. And when I come back, I want you to hear some of the clips from, from across the weekend that are just absurd and sort of chat the uh, chat chart the the pathway forward where, where we're trying to get to here because i think there is a pathway forward uh, this is going to be a test for president biden to see whether or not he does have the horses under the hood when it comes to international diplomacy here here's where tony blinken needs to be involved right because he's mr diplomacy donald trump was going alone donald trump was america first ba donald trump was bad orange man and it's fine i mean you can have whatever opinion you want politically uh, of things but you know you do have a pretty naked compare and contrast between the biden and the trump approaches one killed soleimani one just watched the entire country of afghanistan fall under taliban control in about a week and a half insane stick around don't go anywhere you're listening to devious motives the podcast i am brett witterbull back right after this fareed zakaria is a uh, a host over on cnn and of, of course his inclination is to blame the united states uh, of america for the collapse of afghanistan he faults it all the way back in the old days uh wherein we uh we, we toppled the taliban and then we didn't incorporate them into the conversation. Here, here's, here's Fareed Zakaria on this one. You know, that we've handled this kind of at a very broad macro level wrong, which was we try, we decided that we were going to stabilize Afghanistan by destroying and defeating the Taliban rather than trying to incorporate them. Well, Fareed, that's, that's 20 years ago. 
and uh, the the broader world was uh, against the Taliban. I don't know how you you bring in. I don't know what I don't know what the middle ground is between good and evil. Uh, but I can tell you this: the ideology of of what we just saw is in fact is is in fact e- evil. The Taliban are evil, and, and I'm sorry. It's 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 shocking to have to say this, but my gosh, um, the, the the Taliban, uh, they they are evil, <laughs> and I don't know why we would want to incorporate them. It'd be like saying, well, you know, we uh, yeah, we 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 need to work with Al Qaeda. Uh, we need to talk to Al Qaeda and ISIS about uh, getting on the on 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 the good foot here. Um, I I am going to talk about this in coming uh, in coming episodes. Uh, this idea that. Hey, you know what? Um, what's the rule of engagement? What do the rules of engagement have to do with any of this? Uh, the press, the way it was covered. Uh, constantly, Americans were being accused of committing atrocities when they were fighting the Taliban. We had people court-martialed for fighting the Taliban too meanly, uh, for lack of a better word. I mean, it's really absurd. And, and so uh, Fareed Zakaria, um, I, I think, is, is dead wrong on this thing. Uh, uh, Tony Blinken, Tony Blinken is the Secretary of State, and, and they, they put... They put him in a, a pretty difficult situation, uh, truth be told. They put him out on the Sunday shows to try to explain this policy. When I, I, I don't even know if the, if the Secretary of State has been really talking extensively with President Biden, has a sense of his, of, of his mind, uh, of what it is um, he's, he's thinking about. But this is Anthony Blinken. This is Tony Blinken, Secretary of State. Secretary of State Blinken, uh, looking at the future picture here. A future Afghan government that upholds the basic rights uh, of its people, uh, and that doesn't harbor terrorists uh, is uh, a government we can work with and uh, and recognize. Conversely, a government that doesn't do that, that doesn't uphold the basic rights of its people, including women and girls, uh, that uh, cont- that uh, harbors uh, terrorist groups that have designs on the United States or allies and partners, certainly that's not going to happen. So here's your, your key takeaway. It is that um, we're going to talk about this now, apparently, like it's a... Uh like it's a senior seminar at Harvard uh, University's uh, Kennedy School of Government. And that's that's fine. I mean, we can we can approach it that way. But the reality is, once the Taliban take control of this country, there's a base for Al Qaeda and ISIS now. Uh, it's this is a huge deal. Like this is a major huge deal. We had knocked them out of the terror business by and large. Uh, you know, it was it was Mike Pompeo over the weekend who said, uh, and you heard it in the opening of of, of the podcast. Mike Pompeo's like, hey, you know, <laughs> we we uh, struck a, a a negotiated deal with the Taliban, and they weren't blowing us up, and they weren't bombing us, and they weren't taking over uh, other places. They weren't taking over territory. This uh, started under this new administration. I don't blame. I do not blame President Biden for this except that you gave a date certain. And there's no upside to doing that. The the pullout was precipitous. The decision to pull out was was one that over the weekend the president was complaining about the former president having put him in a box with this. You're the president. You can break any deal you want, Mr. President. You don't want to do this. You don't want to pull the troops out. You can come in and say, you know what? Circumstances have changed. Um, Like, you know, this is a new variant and we need to do something about this. And it's a big deal. <laughs> you know, all of this is, is, is being done. And, and, I'm, and I'm laying all this out here just for the immediate context that we have. We're going to be doing a deeper dive on this podcast 
on the elements and on the parts of this, including I'll, I'll, I'll be having commentary on uh, what it is that President Biden talks about when he does uh, give us a full picture, a fuller picture. We have not had any kind of a picture uh, up, up to this point. But the reality is right now, Afghanistan is a failed state. Uh, seven people killed at the airport uh, in that chaos. Overwhelmingly, it's men. You're not seeing women. The women are being left behind and they're going to be targeted by the Taliban. This is where we need to see the international community come together. Where are the Chinese? Where are the Pakistanis? Where are the Saudis? Where are our, our uh, allies in Southwest Asia? Uh, and where, where, where are they? Who is going to speak for these people? The answer is nobody is going to speak for these people. And this is heartbreaking. This is heartbreaking writ large. I am Brett Witterbull. This is Devious Motives, the Collapse of Afghanistan. Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull.